In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. And good morning. Good morning. Another beautiful day in God's neighborhood. And so many times I think when we, when we see things are going well, it's beautiful weather, and things are going well, we go, well, you know, that's, that's how life is supposed to be. You know, we, we, we do this with some hope, perhaps, that in doing this, life will be better. Right, we join a faith community, we get settled in, there's the benefits that come with being part of a faith community, and, and there's, a, there's a really strong tradition in the church of, of thinking about blessing. And thinking about blessing, we just talked about that, about offering blessings. And the church really looks at things like the death of Jesus and his resurrection and exaltation, and we talk about God's glory. God's glory. Um, our readings today complement that in a very important way. They complement those issues of blessing and, and glory in, in a very important way. Um, Jesus is talking to us today about the fundamental nature of being a disciple. And as much as we like to be comforted by God, and we like to feel God's blessings in our lives, and we like to have things going well, and we like life in abundance, the reality of a life of disciple is a life of sacrifice for the well-being of others. It's a road of the cross, and it's a road that involves suffering. C.S. Lewis, um, commenting on his own conversion to Christianity, said something like, you know, I didn't go into religion to make myself happy. Now, I think a lot of what we do kind of does lift our spirit and makes us happy. But he says, I didn't go into religion to add happiness to my life. I knew I could always get that from a bottle of port. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody is, and he continues, if somebody is going into religion to find comfort, I certainly don't recommend to them Christianity. <laughs> I do not recommend to them Christianity. But yet I think so much of our understanding of what it means to be a Christian member of a faith community is that this is to comfort us. And while that is true, we hear from Jesus that if you were to be my disciple, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. <coughs> That, I don't think, for most of us, sounds very comforting. <laughs> to deny your self-interest and to take up the cross, the thing that leads to death, and to follow him <coughs> if you will be his disciple. Martin Luther, now Delmer Shelton is here. He is our resident Lutheran pastor. <laughs> I'm going to borrow one of his favorites. I am officially under call from the Southeastern Synod as a missionary to the Episcopalian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and after the service today, ask him to decode that for you. <laughs> yeah, Martin Luther once said that um, a religion that does not give a religion 
that does not suffer, a religion that does not cost, is not worth it. Is not worth it. Is not a true religion. But a true religion involves suffering. And a true religion involves cost. And a true religion involves giving. And Jesus tells his disciples and tells us, my true religion, the true faith, is not about your own comfort. It's about seeing the suffering in the world and about entering into that. Entering into that. Of denying self. Denying self. Your own self-interest for the well-being of another person. Giving up your own claims to help another person. Remembering that Jesus said there is no greater love than for a person to give their life for another. There is no greater love. And he went and showed us what that means. True religion is about sacrifice. True religion is about giving our lives for the welfare of others. True religion is about embracing the suffering of the world and entering into that and sharing in it as Christ did. You remember that this is the way of God because God gave his only son for who? For us. True religion is costly. Three stories, three short stories that shows something of what this true religion is like. The story of, of these, these twins, they're, they're just children, Tommy and Liz, and in their early childhood, they developed a, a, a disease, a life-threatening disease. And doctors don't know why, but, but Tommy's body started doing something where he started producing antibodies, and he was able to fight off this life-threatening disease. They don't know why it happened. Just one of those things. His twin sister Liz was not so fortunate. And as Tommy got better and healthier, his sister started getting sicker and started slipping away from the family. And they really thought they were about the loser, and, and a doctor thinking, well, maybe, maybe this will maybe this will work. Maybe there's some some, some benefit in this. Maybe what we can do is do a blood transfusion. And maybe those antibodies that are in, in, in Tommy's blood, maybe they will benefit his sister. So you kind of think of this as, as little children, and now you know they're 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 wanting Tommy to, to help out his, his sister. And so the father comes to Tommy and, and tries to speak to him as a child would understand. And, you know, uh, Tommy, your, your sister is, is, is very ill. And the doctors think that your blood might save her life. And so we want to give your sister your blood to save her life. 
This child looking at his father kind of thinks about it for a moment and says, oh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll do this. So they got Tommy and Liz, and they're, they're in this office in this, in this room, and, and um, they're hooking up the lines, and, and the little poke thing goes into Tommy's arm, and of course it hurts, and father's there with them, and parents are watching, and, and um, something really miraculous happens. As that blood starts flowing from Tommy into his sister, it seems to be that she's right there in the moment, responding. The color starts coming back to her face. She looks better than she's looked in a long time. And Tommy notices this, that his sister's getting better as he's watching the blood flow out of his arm. But then his, his, his complexion changes, his, his look changes. He looks like he's, he's scared. And his dad comes up to him and says, Tommy, are, are, are you okay? And Tommy says, yeah, Dad, but when will I die? See, he thought, okay, he thought that when he was asked to give his sister his blood, when he said yes, he thought he was saying, I give my life for her. That is true religion. That is the kind of other-focused, self-sacrifice, self-denial. That's true religion. That is a child understanding. It is own what? That loving others means that you sacrifice yourself of taking up your cross and following. So a man named Ernest Gordon. He was a prisoner of war. South Pacific. World War II. Ernest Gordon had been taken captive, prisoner of war, and tells a story of how they went out one day to a work site and, and carried tools with them. And as the day was over and the guards were rounding up the prisoners of war and, and counting to make sure they're all there, they're also counting up the tools. And the captain of the guard says, there is a shovel missing. There's a shovel missing. And I want the man who lost the shovel or stole the shovel, I want that person to step forward. And nobody did. And they're looking around going, okay, who's responsible for the lost shovel? And then the guard says, I'm going to start killing you, one after the other until the responsible person steps up. And Ernest said a Scotsman, no name known, but a Scotsman, stepped forward, and the guards beat him to death. They marched the remaining prisoners back to the camp, then they counted up all the tools, and there were no missing shovels. But here was someone who recognized that people are going to die. People are going to die. And he gave his life for them. True religion is costly. It requires us to sacrifice 
requires us to deny our own lives and to live our life for another person. That happens in major ways like I've described it happens in smaller ways. Where we're not doing things like saying self-denial means, well, you know, I'm going to give up ice cream. Or chocolate cake. Because those things are not other directed, those things are for my own good. But when you're doing something that is purely for the well-being of another person, that's what Jesus is getting at. It's a story, the details sometimes change because, you know, sometimes those stories float around the internet and they, they change the details. Anyway, the, the most recent incarnation of this story says it happened in Hawaii. There's a high bridge, and at the high bridge you'll often find, you know, couples in love going out there and making vows to each other in this wonderful place, but it's also a place where people will come and jump. They'll jump. And so the police tend to patrol that area, not looking for the young lovers, but looking for people who might be jumpers. It turns out that one day there were two officers on patrol, and, and as they approach this bridge, they see a man who has climbed over the guardrail and is standing on the outside of the bridge. This person is going to jump. And they stop their patrol car, and one of the officers runs as fast as they can and reaches and grabs the man just as he starts falling off the bridge. And the force of that running, the momentum of that, combined with the weight of the guy falling over, starts taking him over the side as well. And just in time, his partner catches him and is able to stop that momentum and pull them up, saving all three of them. And so you know they have like these things like live action news, helicopters flying overhead, and the cameras show up, and, and they interview this police officer. You find out that he had a family. He'd been working at his career. He had hopes of one day doing something in retirement. Had all kinds of hopes and dreams and plans. And so the reporters were, were going, well, didn't you think about all that? <laughs> Wasn't that going through your head? Didn't that make you pause? So you're going to lose all that. How could you rush and save that man knowing what was on the line? And his response was, how could I not? How could I not? Because in that moment of need, he was not thinking about himself. He was thinking about another person and what that person needed. See, Jesus tells us, if you will be my disciples, if that's what you say you're going to be, it's not always going to be a life that is comforting and safe, it's a life that is going to call you to take up the cross and follow me, of denying yourself for the well-being of the people around you. You look around this church, you look at each other, and the call on your life is to be like that.
to love each other as God has loved you, to love your neighbor as yourself, to understand there really is, in God's eyes, no distinction between one life and another. All life belongs to God. All is precious. We've got a wonderful prayer today. I want you to take your bulletins home with you. Read the prayer for the day. Look at those readings for today because they talk about discipleship and the costliness of being God's people. So let us close in prayer. The Lord be with you. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion. Nourish us with all goodness and bring forth in us the fruit of good works. <coughs> Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.